listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast. Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 105 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. The Board of Taxation plays an important role in our tax system, but most of us, at least I, know very little about the Board of Taxation itself, how it started, how it operates, what it does. So I went to see Dr. Mark Pizzacala of the Board of Taxation and asked him. I asked Mark, what is the Board of Taxation about? Why was it set up? Here's Mark's answer. The Board of Tax was established to advise government on the design and operation of the tax laws, and it includes issues on the integrity and, and how the tax system functions, and therefore its role is to really provide advice by contributing business and community views, distilling those views, and then presenting those to, to government as required. So the Board was established back in 2000, and it was established in response to what some of your listeners might know as the Rolf Review back in 1999. And what the Rolf Review found was that there was a um, disconnect, if you like, between what business and the normal community were thinking and wanted to, to relay to government, and there didn't seem to be a body to actually distill that and present it to government. So the Board is currently comprised 11 members. Three of those are ex-officio members. They include the Secretary of the Australian Treasury, the Commissioner of Taxation and the First Parliamentary Council. The remaining eight members are appointed from the business and community sector in their personal capacities. They're sourced from a diverse range of sectors, including mining, technology, tax advisory and whether it be academia or legal. Can I ask you something? Why do you have ex-officio members in the board? Or actually, tell me differently, what does ex-officio mean? Well, it means that ex-officio means that whoever occupies the particular role, so for example, whoever happens to be the secretary to the Australian Treasury at that time, then that person will be on the board. Ah. Uh, and it's really important to have them on the board because, for example, the Commissioner of Taxation, it's really important to get his input in terms of some of the you know, policy and strategic aspects that we're thinking about. I see. So at the moment, Chris Jordan is on the board as Commissioner of Taxation. But the as moment, an ex-officiate member. Exactly. So it's, at the moment, he's no longer the Commissioner of Taxation. He's also out of the Board of Taxation. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, I misunderstood. I thought it meant that they used to work there, but they're no longer working no, there. Yes. No. Okay. So the, the board itself, it meets monthly with meetings rotating across the different capital cities. So they include, obviously, the major capital cities being, um, Sid well, they're all important cities, Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Brisbane, Adelaide, for example. So we rotate them, and the reason we rotate them is really to make sure that we always have a particular function where we get to meet local business people, whether it be from academia, legal, accounting, etc., and just to meet people one-on-one -on -one as part of these functions that that we have with them, just to get to understand what their local issues are. I see. So whenever you have a board meeting, it's not just the 11 of you who meet before and after. All of you also meet with other members of the community That's to correct. discuss a certain issue. That's correct. Is one board meeting always about one issue or is it about a long list of issues? No. So board meetings um, are set by the chair, in our case, Michael Andrew. 
and the meeting will cover a number of different aspects which will vary from meeting to meeting but generally covers projects that the board has got on. It will also providing an update. We also obtain an update from Treasury about what is currently occurring there. Same with the ATO. The CEO and the Chair usually give oral updates about what's happened during the month. And then the balance of the meeting is either about current issues and or project updates on the various projects that each of the board members are working on. And each of you usually works on a different project. You tend to specialise. Not It's not that everybody works on something no, together. No, no. So, tend to delegate. So, yeah, so def definitely. So what happens is if there's a particular project on, so there will be a lead board member that will take the lead on that particular project together with another board member that will assist. And then the personnel in the board of secretariat will, will generally give them a hand in terms of organising meetings and being integrally involved in the project. I've heard that the Board of Taxation has changed its process to a more just-in-time approach, is that yeah. right? In 2015, the Board went through a process of renewal with uh, seven new members, I think, at that time, including the Chair, commencing their appointment. And the new Board changed its focus to providing policy advice in real time and exploring options for longer-term reform, as opposed to, I guess, conducting more detailed technical and post-implementation reviews, which used to be what the board was heavily involved in. So that has been a very much a change in focus and very much that's been led by Michael Andrew, who previously was the global chief of KPMG. And I guess look, with his experience, he certainly brought on a more commercial approach in terms of the way the board interacts with Treasury and, and government generally. To support this transition, the board laid the foundation for an enhanced private sector consultation model. And this framework emphasises that we should be more actively engaged with the business community and other representative bodies, not merely just with members of the tax profession. So that way we have a broader understanding of the commercial issues, not just the tax technical issues. Coming back to this big overhaul that you mentioned in 2015, where seven new members came in, that's a big overhaul, seven out of 11. Mark later showed me the 2015-16 annual report for the Board of Taxation, and he pointed out that it was actually eight members who joined the Board of Taxation in 2015. Eight members, not seven. Sorry about that. That's mm. well over 50%. Mm. But that, I think, also might answer another question I had for you later on, because when I looked at the reviews the Board of Taxation had done over the past few years, 2015 was a very laid-back year in terms of that the Board only did one review. And I think the, now I understand why, because in 2015 the Board went through this big overhaul and hence only produced one review. Whereas now, for example, in 2018, you have five reviews on the table. That's an interesting point. I'm not counting the reviews, but in terms of 2015, I'd have to go back and check how many reviews we did. But yeah, in 2015, you did only the debt and equity tax rules, but then in 2016, you jumped to three reviews, 2017, three reviews, and now 2018, five mm. reviews. So you... I guess what that doesn't show, though, is the work that happens in the background in terms of continual interaction with both Treasury and the ATO. 
in relation to real-time policy issues and they don't necessarily require written reviews but certainly there is a process where we are engaged to discuss various matters. So, I yeah, see. Yeah. So the reviews is just one part of the work of the Board of Taxation and then there's a whole lot of other areas well, written reviews are one part of it. Yes. Not everything requires a written review, obviously. Okay. And so sometimes we would be engaged to look at a particular matter, but not in terms of a formal review process. So now you have an online sounding board? That's correct. So after consulting broadly for a number of ideas on how to reduce unnecessary red tape in the tax system, the board developed a sounding board as a place for tax bodies, professionals, businesses, any member of the public to have their say on ways in which they can improve the tax system. So the sounding board is designed for tax system improvement ideas, such as ways to reduce red tape and result in compliance savings. So this includes care and maintenance ideas, which were previously part of the ATO's tax issues entry system process. What is, what is care and maintenance ideas? So care and maintenance more refers to, for example, it might, it might be something as simple as pointing out that a number of boxes in a tax return might be overlapping or performing similar functions or and there's no need to have them there. So so that would be something we would look, we would look at and come up yeah. with a recommendation. Yeah. So it's not, what I mean to say is it's not designed to consider new policy ideas, so i.e. It's, the sounding board is not there for someone to say, well, we think you need to change the way the GST system interacts with the tax system. That's a high-level policy issue. Yeah. The sounding board is more there for more day-to-day pragmatic things that practitioners or any member of the public sees out there that's, and they say, well, there's a lot of red tape in respect of this particular area. I don't believe you need it for reasons X, Y, Z, and is that something that can be looked at to change? The thing that people don't know, public probably don't understand or realise, is that um, the sounding board has two allocated board members to it, so that as issues are put in there every month, they are reviewed by the board. Does the Board of Taxation actually have an office with staff? The Board of Taxation has a Board of Tax, uh, what we call a Board of Tax Secretariat, which is people that have either been seconded into the Board of Tax from professional service firms on some occasions uh, or alternatively a part of the Board of Tax ex-ATO or Treasury for a period of time. And so they circulate through the Board of Tax as part of their career development. And so the Secretary of the Board of Taxation is basically the one who organises everybody who Correct. makes yeah, that, sure that, meetings yeah. are scheduled, etc. Correct. The Secretary to the Board would ensure that board papers are uh, put together in time for board meetings, looks at the annual calendar, makes sure it's properly staffed and makes sure that each of the Board of Secretariat members are allocated to particular projects that are going on at the time. People that report to the Board of Tax Secretary are those people that I referred to earlier, which are either people that have been seconded in from professional service firms or from the ATL or Treasury. Oh, I see. I thought yeah. they just referred and to they the are, Secretary. And they are part of the Board of Tax Secretariat. So they are effectively the, the people that get the work done, to be honest. So they're, they're there on a full-time basis. It just very much reminds me of the setup of the Tax Practitioners Board, oh. where mm. they have a chair, they have board members, 
and then they have a secretary who holds it all together. And then, of course, they have a very big body of yep. staff. I think over 200 staff because they have. We, over 70, we do not have a big body of staff. Yes, because they have yep. over 70,000 tax practitioners to manage. But yep. the the setup very much reminds me of the TPB. the relationship between the Board of Taxation, the ATO, professional organisations? I guess, look, the relationship with Treasury and the ATO is the one that we engage in more frequently because, as indicated, they are also board members. And it's been quite a um, fruitful interaction, definitely. I think there's certainly been uh, a lot of sharing of insights and information at the Board of Tax in relation to specific issues. So, for example, at the moment, we're conducting a review of small business tax concessions and the ATL have been very helpful in terms of providing data around various concessions and what they mean, uh, which assists the board in terms of its research and, of course, making recommendations. The better the data, the better the, the decisions are that you mm -hmm. make. I was first very surprised when I realised that Chris Jordan, as the Commissioner of Taxation, is a member of the board. In my mind, it was that you are there to recommend solutions to the, to the Commissioner of Taxation. So if the Commissioner is a part of you, it sounded more like a circuit. Yeah. So, okay, that's interesting observation. But, I guess it, it, certainly, it's it, probably, it certainly is not that way at all. It's probably more that as a board of taxation, it's more like a working group. You... It is, it, yeah, it is, you know, it is very much appreciated that the Commissioner attends because uh, certainly he can provide very good insights into the ATO's operation and, and the data and the data and, and assist with the projects that are that are happening. So I think it's a yeah, it definitely makes a very important contribution. Yes. Mm. And talking about people, one of the roles... Chris used to be the chair as well of the Board of Tax before he became Commissioner. Commissioner, yep. yes. Actually, coming back, it's a little bit out of context, but one of the ex officio roles is the first parliamentary council of the Office of Parliamentary Council. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me, I had never heard of the Office of Parliamentary Council, can you tell yeah, me what so that the is Office about? Office of Parliamentary Council, otherwise referred to um, as the OPC. So we have uh, Peter Quiggan, who represents the Office of Parliamentary Council, and Peter, again, provides valuable insights in terms of the drafting of legislation and what's involved and so again if I can just use small business tax concessions as an example if we are discussing ways in which to improve different provisions of the small business concessions Peter provides excellent insights into what can potentially work and what hasn't worked in the past through his experience of over I think some 30 years in terms of drafting legislation. The biography of the different board members is that reflected in the work of the um, board so for example somebody with an international <coughs> tax background would work on international tax issues and somebody with a small sure. business yeah sure and that, and that makes sense because obviously if you've got someone there with a lot of international tax experience and there's, a, and there's an international tax matter that needs to be addressed they would be the obvious choice to oversee that particular project but it doesn't necessarily mean that the person doing it with them has the same experience, and it could well be a board member that maybe doesn't have as much experience in that area, but obviously would provide insights because of other interactions that they've had through the tax system. Mm -hmm. So, but you're, you're quite correct. It's usually usually we try and allocate projects dependent on people's board members' specialities. Mm -hmm. 
Would that also be considered when you appoint a new member, that, for example, the member who has international tax experience is leaving, therefore you need somebody with international tax experience on the board, therefore okay. you're looking for somebody who's so strong that, in that so area? So that would be a matter for the minister's office, and I guess as part of that process the minister might have a discussion with the chair of the board of tax, but ultimately it would be the minister's decisions to, you know, who that next person would be. I see, so it's the minister of treasury who appoints the members. So our stakeholders are many and varied, but they do include Treasury, ATO, the Ministers, well, a combination of business community, large business SMEs, the general tax population, really. I mean, yeah. the border tax, if you like, is the funnel by which the different groups can actually voice their concerns or opinions. We would distill that and, depending on the topic, report back to government. So on occasion, you know, we will receive letters even from disconcerted taxpayers about different issues and they want us to take that up, their particular issue up, and so we would have a discussion at board level to work out whether that is something that is meant for us to deal with, or and if it is, we will, and if it isn't, then we would try and find the relevant yes. person to, to deal with that outside of the board. Yes. Do you yeah. ever get nice, happy letters, or are they usually letters... Look, we, we do get some good letters, but usually it's people voicing their concerns about the operation of the tax system, and rather than telling us that it's operating uh, very efficiently. I think that's to be expected. People are going to want to locate who are the relevant people that I need to speak to if they don't see something working as it should, and that, so that makes sense. Yes. Coming to the reviews by the board, which we already touched about when I harassed you about the number of reviews per year, yep. who determines what issues the board looks into? And then the second question is, are all written reviews self-initiated or does the ATO or the Treasury also sometimes come and ask you to do a review of a certain matter? So some reviews are self-initiated. If we as a board see a need to conduct a review on a particular matter, either because we think it's appropriate to do so or because we've received feedback from the taxpayer community that something needs to be done about a particular matter, we will self-initiate the review. Usually though in consultation with the Minister's office because at the end of the day there's no point conducting a review if we don't think that it's going to progress. It's very important to, what I mean by that too is that the Minister's office will will be uh, usually more than helpful in, I mean I don't think I've ever... You've ever seen it that you raise an issue and they say oh don't worry about it. Yeah I mean usually it's pretty collaborative yeah. in terms of the way it operates. So as I say it's either self-initiated or alternatively the Minister's Office may see a need for a particular area to be looked at more closely and in that context we would be provided with a terms of reference in terms of a particular matter which we would then attempt to. The decision what to review is usually done in collaboration. You might raise an issue and pass it yeah. by the Minister or the Minister might raise an issue and pass it by you. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so it's a very close, it's a reasonably collaborative environment, not just with the Minister's Office but as I say with Treasury and the ATO as well to make sure that we're on the right track for the particular review. Yes. Are most reviews self-initiated as such? Oh, I think it's a combination. I don't know what the percentages are, but yes. it's, it's a combination of each. And it's not just reviews. I think, as we've spoken about earlier, it's also about providing real-time policy input so as things arise, we deal with them as they arise. Yes. Yeah. Is it usually through the monthly meetings that these requests come through? 
So requests don't necessarily need to come through at a meeting, so it might happen during the course of the month, and then we would discuss it at the board meeting whenever that happens. Or again, if it's something that's important enough, it'll happen outside the board meeting and then reported at the board meeting. So either way, it all gets processed through the board meeting because uh, it's all a very yes. transparent process. With the small business review, as an example, that was a self-initiated review. Was that initiated by you? It, it was, and it was just based on, I guess, the board in the previous three years had done quite a lot of work in relation to the small business sector. My view, like the time had come to maybe have a close look at concessions, just to make sure that they are operating the way they should be, what's working, what's not working, and just having a close look at existing concessions versus also potentially new concessionary provisions that may need to be introduced. What's the time frame of a review? Does it vary? Some reviews oh, take a few months, some take years? Sure. Well, I wouldn't say years, but uh, we tend to start and finish usually in the same year, but not always, depending on the review and, and what obstacles have been encountered during the course of the review as well. So we, we try and give things a time frame as best we can, but it's an estimate. And I know. so, you know. Yeah, sometimes it, life gets in the way. It, things change, yeah. When you have done a, a review, who do you submit it to? Do you submit it officially to the Minister of Treasury or to the public? So, so reviews tend to get signed off by the Chair and the lead review board member, and that will go to the Minister's office for their consideration and then... To the press. And then, and then after that it's for them to consider the review and to release it general, more generally and more broadly. appointed in 2015 and you've just been reappointed yeah, again, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. And it's always, the appointment is always for three years. Mm -hmm. And do most board members stay for two, for two periods of three years? So most board members stay for six years? Or um, it varies? So, so board members are appointed for a three-year period and depending on the circumstances can be reappointed and it, it just varies. Yeah. Yep. According to the website, you have five projects at the moment, which are alignment between tax and accounting systems, residency routes for individuals, FBT compliance costs, tax and sharing economy, and the review of small business tax concessions. Are there more? Yes, yeah, so look, there's, as you can see, there's quite a lot of reviews. We are extremely busy at the moment, doing a lot of work. The small business review certainly has captured everyone's attention just in terms of through the consultation process, you know, we've received significant feedback, around 40 submissions, and, you know, working our way through all those. And the other one, yeah, that I would say is causing quite a lot of discussion is the residency review. So obviously, the definition of resident hasn't been changed for some 80 years. One would say that it needs to be reviewed and brought up to date. It's a mobile economy, mobile labour movements, and does the, that old definition meet the current standard? There seems to be general agreement and consensus that something needs to be done, and so that's the whole purpose of that review. Welcome back. I only realised during this interview how open the Board of Taxation is to feedback, thoughts and ideas. In the next episode, episode 106, Dr. Mark Pizzacala will talk about the Board of Taxation's current review, 
of the Small Business Tax Concessions. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.